Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome to another episode on the New Books Network. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Miranda Melcher, and I'm very pleased to have with me today Dr. Trolls Birchall Henningsen to tell us about his book titled Western Intervention and Informal Politics, Simulated State Building and Failed Reforms, published by Routledge in 2021. This book pretty much does exactly what it says um, and examines the many dynamics, the political dynamics, the military dynamics between local regimes and Western powers who are involved in various ways to help us understand why things that Western powers want do or don't happen, how local states um, deal with Western pressures and a lot more. So Trolls, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast to tell us about your book. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Before we get into the book itself, though, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit and explaining why you decided to write this? Yeah. Um, So um, I'm an associate professor at the Royal Danish Defense College um, with the Institute for Strategy and and War Studies. And I've been uh, teaching uh, military strategy and war theory and and, and also stability operation and and counterinsurgency operation. And that was uh, was really through uh, teaching that I got... uh, the uh, impetus to write uh, to write this book uh, because w- one of the things that really stood out when when I met uh, our officers who have been to Iraq, Afghanistan, Mali, and so forth, there's it, it, constantly this um, frustration with the um, with the uh, with the coin uh, concepts or uh, peace building concepts, uh, and it, it was always like the. If 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 only if only we um, if only we could get rid of uh, corruption if only we had a efficient uh, local uh, leader who would implement the uh, would implement the reforms that we uh, that we try to implement so so there's this constant fr- frustration uh, uh, with with the, with the local uh, with the local um, authorities that 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 seems to um, that seems to 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 um, to be to be part of of their experience, no no matter where they where they went. Um, so so and 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 one of the things that uh, that really uh, uh, struck me is that um, it it seems like that there must be something there must be something uh, else at play that that cannot really be uh, uh, be reduced to um, reduced to um, to to this uh, to 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 this uh, single person, for example, uh, Karzai in the, in the Afghanistan, that uh, he 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 he's corrupt. He is uh, he's a drug addict. He's uh, mentally ill, something like that. And and there must be something else at play. There must be something that that really dictates uh, how local politics um, um, how local politics work. And perhaps it uh, it really speaks to how um, to how the the our, our doctrines of uh, counterinsurgency and peace building and uh, that they don't really take into account so so what i really uh, was was puzzled by and really would like to explain is um is um, so so why did the officers experience not fit doctrine and the and the and the theory that uh, we presented them at the at the at the defense college so what 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 what, what uh, how how can we understand the political dimension of uh, of military interventions better and, and and what kind of politics is is driving their their behavior that was really uh, that was really my uh, uh, my uh, the, the driver for for writing this book i think it's always really interesting when 
uh, books develop out of teaching and out of kind of practical, hang on, there's something out in the world, but it doesn't seem to be reflected in our research and our theory. Um, and it's very helpful to have those kinds of contributions. So brilliant to be able to talk about yours. Um, as you mentioned a little bit there, you had students coming from experience in multiple places. And obviously that practical element of real things happening is a key factor in this. So can you briefly introduce us now that you've explained a bit about the puzzle, um, the four case studies that you examine in the book and how you chose these to investigate? Uh, yes. Um... So um, I, um, I I chose uh, four case studies, and um, and the case studies were were chosen by the, the by uh, by to what degree uh, these uh, states were characterized by um, by what I call informal politics or formal politics, and what I mean by this concept is that informal politics is mainly it's mainly characterized by high levels of uh, clientelism, very little programmatic politics or ideologically driven uh, politics um, so so and 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 formal politics is, is of course uh, the, the other way around so I chose two um, two case studies with the high level high levels of uh, informal politics um, and um, it was uh, Mali uh, and uh, from uh, 2011 to 2022 and the chat from uh, 2005 to 2010. Uh, both uh, uh, both of these cases were characterized by um, by an existential threat uh, to uh, to the regime, uh, which they survived, uh, but uh, but but they were existentially threatened. And uh, then I chose uh, a case uh, with a mix of both formal and informal politics, namely Iraq from 2011 to 2018, and then uh, Algeria as a case of uh, more formal uh, political settlement, um, which uh, I uh, studied from uh, 1991 to, to 2000, so to the late uh, uh, civil war in, uh, in Algeria. Uh, and, and also um, the, the advantage of choosing these four uh, cases is that you have uh, two cases of very uh, limited and indirect Western support, uh, namely Algeria and Chad, and, uh, and, and two cases of, of rather um, a robust uh, Western intervention, namely uh, Iraq and and Mali. So, um, so that that was uh, that was really what drove in. Just to um, just just to to uh, to to um, to explain uh, why I, I I really look at this uh, element of of um, of informal politics is that um, the book asks the question: Why do existentially uh, threatened regimes derail Western demands for administrative and political reforms? When they depend on Western assistance for for survival, and um, and one of the things that I uh, I look at is that informal politics is understood as, um, as, as 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 a domestic factor that limits uh, the ability of the regime to uh, to, uh, to 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 navigate. And and one of the things that that I was really uh, puzzled by in, in the in the in the Strategic security studies uh, literature that at that time was that um, they they seemed mostly uh, to to look at ways that that we could manipulate uh, these local regimes so that it it was more a question of they were not really willing to undertake uh, uh, the reforms but they were able to if they were pushed enough 
for example, uh, uh, PA principle or agent theory or alliance theory both both assume that. And 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 when I look at existentially threatened uh, regimes, the idea is to say, well, at this point they have the same interest as the as the Western power. You must assume that they they would want to survive, and their their survival is at, is at stake at this moment. So so they should have the same uh, the same interest, uh, and yet they don't do it. So in, in this case, you have uh, the. Uh, it would be plausible to argue that something must prevent them uh, from doing that. So, so that was that was also why I uh, I chose uh, to to look at the case studies with with high levels of of informal politics. That makes a lot of sense, and I think those cases um, there's going to be a lot of people kind of going, "Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that instance in this way before." So, if we put these things together of the puzzle you're investigating and the case studies that you're looking at. Can you walk us through your method and theoretical framework that you use to analyze them? Yes, um, absolutely. So, so as you as you can see from 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 the choice of of, uh, of folk uh, cases, it's 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 a comparative case study to to see if you can you can really if you can see that 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 the level of informal politics has an um, uh, has an effect on on the way that the that the regime behaves. Um, so um what what is it, it's extremely difficult to study uh decision making in uh in a in in a situation of of an existential threatened regime and it's especially difficult when you don't really have a paper trail so in in informal settings um for example in, in chat in 2006 2008 that's not really that's not really a, a, a Anything that documents what, what what took place and 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 what what, what kind of decision making process uh, that was going on, so it I, I, I wouldn't be possible for me to uh, to access that. So instead, I, um, I I I took an indirect approach where I looked at uh, the level of of informal politics, which I studied as a as a historical um, uh, study when I looked from in these cases the old post colonial states, so from from uh, from independence, uh, typically in in the early sixties, um, and then and see um, what 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 kind of elites uh, uh, took power, what what kind of how how important was clientelism and so forth to uh, to establish the level of of informal politics, and then instead of looking at the decision making process, I was looking at at the actual uh, observable observable uh, behavior um, and uh, this, this look it sounds very positivistic it's it's, it's it's not it's not only about that it's it's, it's also simply to black box the decision making process because it's so difficult to to study but then i, I expect three kinds of um, uh, of uh, of strategic behavior from from uh, from uh, regimes in, in informal setting and the first one is is that they will make use of uh, Praetorian protection, which is a military strategy understood as um, one element is that you have uh, reserved a few um, extremely loyal uh, forces that that are mainly uh, preoccupied with uh, protecting the regime. And then you have um, the larger uh, regular forces uh, who are typically uh, uh, they might be co-opted from from uh, from uh, former uh, insurgents or militia. Um, they um, they they might uh, they might not really have the uh, the trust of uh, of the regime, so they are t- 
typically in, in various ways uh, put in a in a in a, in, a, in a difficult position that makes them uh, inefficient and um, and so 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 the military strategy becomes very convoluted because the, the most efficient units that you would really want to use for example for counterinsurgency they are preserved for, for um, protecting the regime and and the untrusted uh, uh, underprivileged uh, regular units they are not really efficient for 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 example for counterinsurgency but they can but they can be used as a as a way of um, a, a political instrument uh, to uh, to uh, to communicate and uh, negotiate with the uh, with the with the insurgents. So that was that was really one uh, strategy: praetorian protection. And the the second element is the risk risk averse alignment. Because if you don't really trust um, the state institutions, a lot of the elements of the security apparatus are not really uh, are not really trusted by the regime uh, because they are co-opted. Um, then, uh, then you, you, then you depend on on uh, on alliances. And uh, what I argue is that what really guides this is an extreme uh, risk averseness, um, which means that they will prefer uh, domestic uh, uh, alliances over uh, over foreign alliances uh, because they can better control it. And uh, also, they will uh, they will hedge. Uh, so when they align with, for example, Western powers, they will hedge by. Um, by um, uh, by making an alliance with, for example, um, uh, a regional power and so forth. So, um, but what what characterizes risk averse alignment and which is different from from an, a formal political setting is that sovereignty is really not uh, an issue. So it's it's not really about protecting uh, the power of the state or the monopoly and violence uh, of of the state. It's 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 much more a, a fluent. Uh, political uh, negotiation of constant uh, alignment and, and realignment. And then finally, if they depend on uh, Western powers, if they need to uh, to make an uh, alignment here, um, they will typically be forced to use what I call simulated state building, meaning that um, they are in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a dilemma that they cannot really solve. So they, they, they are um, they depend on a lot of the military uh, elite that are part of the security forces, or that they have um, that they have made an uh, alliance with. Um, so, to, so they depend on them on, on on the one hand, and on the other hand, they have Western demands for uh, uh, security sector reforms, for anti-corruption initiatives, uh, for limiting the the, the influence of the, of militias on on, on politics. Um, and that really puts them. They, they, they cannot. They cannot really make this. Uh, uh, they, they cannot really handle both things at the same time. So what they do, uh, I would argue, is that that they, they simulate that they implement uh, reforms while at the same time making sure that these militarized elites that they depend on that they are still uh, actually uh, uh, getting the benefits uh, uh, that they uh, that they uh, that they demand. So. Um, so, uh, so, so the theory is that if if we have high elements of informal politics, we will see the, these uh, three kinds of uh, three kinds of um, of uh, of uh, strategies. And then, of course, uh, when I chose the four case studies, I would I would imagine that we will see variation in in the kind of strategies that um, that the regimes chose. So, 
Given this theoretical framework, I was even more fascinated that one of your case studies is chat um, because it's not necessarily used that often in comparison, well, at all, or with some of the kind of, if we're thinking of um, sort of very entrenched or very uh, high level, not high level, uh, very involved Western interventions, Chad doesn't necessarily come top of the list. And yet, given these dimensions you've just taken us through, it is a really interesting case study to examine. So how does it fit into the framework you've just described? Well, uh, I, 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 I could just say perfect because because it, it, it is really a... Uh, um, it is really a, a, a perfect case in, in the sense that it has a very high degree of, of informal politics. And Idris and, um, Depi, who, who was the president at this time, he, he really made use of these three uh, strategies to, to a very high extent. So, so in that sense, it, it is the, the perfect case. And, and as you say, that, that's, that's, I, I was also very fascinated by 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 um, by uh, the 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 history of 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 chat so uh, and 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 you're right we're not really thinking of it uh when when we discuss um contemporary western uh, interventions but but perhaps one of the things is that that france had been present uh since uh since the war with the with libya with the operation pv uh so so it has really been an an ongoing operation and uh so so that that might be be why but but it but if I can just uh, uh, add a, a, a few more uh, details to to, to, sure. give listen, uh, to give the listener an, an idea why why it's such a, a fascinating uh, concept. Uh, well, um, you you can see that um, there's there's been a lot of uh, attempts to to um, to rein in the army, professionalize it, and um, uh, and 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 one of one of the things that that happens constantly uh, when when there are insurgents uh, is that. Uh, is constantly uh, it's constantly insurgents co-opted. So it's kind of an expectation that if you take up arms against the the government, it's not so much driven by normally at least it's so much driven by by ideology or uh, anything like it. It's it, it's almost like you expect to be co-opted. It's more like an, a negotiation. Um, so so I think that that is really uh, that is really interesting. And also an, another thing that is extremely interesting about this case is, is that it takes place uh, at the same time as, as the, the dark world crisis um, and, um, and 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 dark world uh, I, I, I don't know if the right term is a genocide I'm not a um, international law expert but 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 almost uh, genocidal in, in in scale at least and 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 one of the one of the tribes that are really um, uh, suffering from this is, is this the Gaza tribe, uh, which is the same tribe as as it was to be the president of Chad is from. So so he can see that his his uh, his um, his own tribe is suffering in uh, in, uh, in in Darfur, and yet uh, during this uh, insurgency war uh, from 2005 to 2010, he aligned not only with the with the uh, the Tama tribe who is. Uh, 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 behind much of the violence in, in, in Darfur, but also Arab tribes who are also uh, involved with the with the Janjaweed uh, militia. So that that says something about the level of pragmatism and uh, and the constant uh, and 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 how this risk averse alignment how it works and and how pragmatic he needs to be. Um, and even in in in, in two thousand and ten, 
we see that that uh, uh, he can see that uh, it used to be can see that um, that the the insurgents they constantly attack from Sudan into uh, into Chad. Um, so so he decides to um, to realign with uh, with Sudan uh, to uh, to avoid this risk. So this is really a controversial choice because again he's cooperating uh, with with the people behind uh, the massacres in the in Darfur. But it's also a reflection that he doesn't really trust France at this point. He, the, the relationship uh, between uh, Chad and France becomes much much better in in later years, as as as, as you're probably aware of. Uh, but but at this point, he doesn't really trust them because in 2008, um, the insurgents they were almost in in Yamina, uh, the capital, um, and. Uh, and and they stopped to discuss who would be who would be the president uh, when when it's up the, the current regime who would be the president and, and so forth. So they're stopping to discuss uh, how to uh, distribute the spoils of of, of this uh, victory. Uh, and France, they are at this point undecided if they will support it just to be or not. So, but when they see the the insurgents. Uh, Stopping and 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 they see all the conflicts uh, in in the insurgent alliance. They decide at the last moment to uh, to support it used to be and and the, the French uh, uh, airplanes they uh, aircraft they um, they attack the, the insurgent columns. Uh, so so but this uh, the way that France acted that's really uh, that is I I, I I would argue at least uh, is, is is behind the realignment of of uh, of the uh, debris uh, towards uh, towards uh, Sudan, so I think that that's really uh, that's really interesting. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, I I think I'm glad you highlighted the word pragmatism. I think that is a really important feature of understanding um, how these decisions are made, and especially coming from the kind of Western literature that isn't necessarily. Um, thought of in terms of agency and pragmatism from the local leaders. So I think the case of Chad is a really helpful one in that sense. And I'd like to kind of stay on Chad sort of for my next question as well, because if we're thinking about French intervention in um, Africa, of course, the place that we often think of is Mali. Um, and you examine that in the book, which I appreciated to see sort of to what extent can we think of Chad and Mali uh, in a lot of ways very similar but not necessarily discussed together. So through the lens of your framework, what kinds of similarities can we see between the way decisions are made and the way uh, French intervention is weighed up between these two countries? Yeah, and, and, and I, I think also with, your, with your, the last comment, comment you made, uh, I, think, I think one of the commonalities is that um, the regimes, and I, I don't use a regime in, in, in a normative sense, it's, it's, yeah, so, so, so I use it both for democratic and non-democratic uh, uh, um, uh, leaders. Um, but one, one, one of the things that this um, agency and pragmatism you, you speak of, that is, um, you, you see that in both cases. You see, you see a lot of uh, ability to navigate this extremely difficult uh, system of, of, of fluid uh, alliances. Um, but at the same time, uh, as skilled as, as as they are, they are also um, they are also trapped uh, within this informal uh, political setting. Uh, they they have to to navigate it that way. It's very difficult for them to transform 
this kind of uh, of political settings, these kind of of uh, formal and informal institutions. So, so, so they they are both characterized by informal politics, um, and they, and to some extent they, they they both made the use of of the of the strategies that I I mentioned with the Petrarian. Uh, uh, protection, risk of alignment, and simulated state building. Um, for example, you can see that Chiré, um, uh, the president of uh, of Mali in, in 2012, before the coup, he uh, he uh, he took power um, in, in 1991. Uh, but uh, but but he did it. Uh, but his power base was really the regiment he served in. Uh, so uh, the paratrooper regiment uh, and and. This um, this um, this reliance on 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 uh, on elite units that are really favor favorized and then engage in in uh, in in, uh, in in this kind of uh, politics that that's really uh, that 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 could that could be that could have been uh, been been found in, in in chat as well. But even though there are a lot of similarities, I also think that. But there are there are some really important uh, differences. So whereas chat you you see um, militarized politics is it's 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 very much uh, the way that uh, the most dominant elite they uh, they negotiate and and uh, they, how they come to power. You see in in Mali uh, the militarization of of the of the elite is mostly in the north. Um, so um, because of of the way that uh, the the regime in Bamako prioritized that they uh, primarily uh, spent uh, money in in the southern part of of the, the country, the most populous part of the the country. Uh, so, so it's really un, unprivileged uh, the north among the Tuareg and the Arab tribes. And at the same time, you see in in the in the nineties and 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 the uh, early two thousands, you see um, you see a, a rise in smuggling and what we will call uh, uh, illegal uh, economy. Um, um, so, 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 and 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 the way they protect their smuggling routes is is, is by, by by the use of force and and the and and so so we see a, a rise in in the in the militias uh, and 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 how uh, how strong they are. So, 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 what is dominant in 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 Chad is is, is mostly found in the in the northern uh, part of of of, of Mali. When the crisis spread, you see, you see, uh, uh, you see much more in, in in the middle part of of, of the country. But at the beginning, it was mostly mostly in, in the north. So it, it was it was not really an an existential threat until uh, very very late in 2012. Until then, it was just something that you could uh, you you could handle uh, on a shoestring, so to speak, by by just manipulating some of the some of the militarized elites in, in the north, uh, make uh, make some uh, alliances with with a few of them, so so they were more, uh, you could say pro government, um, uh, but but at least you, they you you could manipulate them for your your purposes. Uh, also, I think that um, um, we 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 see that um, when when I look at the at Mali from two thousand and twelve to uh, 2020 and um, and when we get uh, when we get the MINUSMA and the Algeria uh, peace agreement in, in 2015, we, it's 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 much more subtle how um, um, Ibrahim Keita how how he navigates this uh, risk averse alignment because 
uh, no doubt uh, he had the uh, much closer relationship with the with the pro uh, uh, government uh, militias, and even though that uh, as part of the peace agreement that that the Malian state should be neutral uh, towards different uh, militias and insurgency groups, but no doubt that he he places uh, he he supports them uh, in an indirect way uh, and 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 really tries to uh, manipulate uh, um, the, the the peace agreement in a way that uh, uh, that favor uh, the pro government uh, militias and that is really undermining uh, the, the peace process to to a point where it's breaking down uh, actually in, in these months. Um, but but that that's that's also different uh, in from 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 the Chadian case where it was very obvious the cooptation was very obvious that he became a, a minister uh, for oil for example um, as 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 a as a as a corruption then this is much more uh, subtle I think in the, in Mali yeah absolutely um, and I think that those points of difference are incredibly important to pick out. Um, especially given informal politics can kind of mean so many different things and be interpreted in different ways and different contexts. So if we move then to a different context, when we think of Western intervention and especially experiences on the ground by Westerners in the military, um, not necessarily matching up to theory, I think one of the places we tend to think of most immediately in the field is of course the case study of Iraq. So if we turn there, what does the combination of formal and informal politics look like in that instance? And what does that tell us about the theory? Yeah, so Iraq was, was really an interesting uh, uh, interesting case study. And, and I have to say that it, I, I look at, at the, the second uh, uh, intervention, not the 2003 intervention, but, but the 2014 intervention. And the reason I, I do that is, is, is because uh, the first intervention is... is that means that the U.S. is, is really dominating everything in in, the, in Iraq, and as long as the U.S. Uh, occupation forces are there, there's not no really existential threat to to the regime. So, so I look at the, at at the later period, um, and 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 I think it it it's extremely interesting because, um, and at some level, uh, I think um, you could argue that Iraq is. Uh, just as informal as as the as Mali and 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 Chad in the sense that there are extreme level of corruption that is not really about only only about uh, getting richer but also about paying off your political clients uh, securing your own uh, position um, so 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 in that sense uh, and and it's an oil driven economy so 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 that is also really important because. Um, it, it, it's really rent-based and it's, it's, it's perfect for, for clientelism. So in that sense, you could say that, well, perhaps it's, it's more, uh, more, it's, it's more the case of, of informal politics. But, but, but the reason I say that it's a, it is a mix is that the formal institutions uh, in Iraq are very, um, are to, to some extent aligned um, with, with, uh, with with the, the power distribution uh, among the militarized elite. So, for example, um, the, the the Kurdish uh, Peshmerga, Peshmerga forces they are um, uh, they are accepted uh, within uh, within the system. Uh, they are paid 
paid off by um, by uh, income by by the oil income, which is formalized in in the constitution as seventeen uh, percent. Uh, so 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 it's it's, it's the, the way the, the constitution and and the laws says that the these should be distributed. It's also uh, most of the time, at least, uh, what, what 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 takes place. And you see the same with the with Shia militias. Uh, on the one hand, uh, you you have the militias, and which 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 is obviously and uh, supports an idea that is mostly about informal politics. But on the other hand, same militias, they are also political parties, political movements. Um, uh, so 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 they are. Uh, in, in in the parliament, and they they follow um, some programmatic ideas about what what kind of Iraq uh, should we have? Should we be more aligned with uh, Iran? Should we be more defined by our Shia identity than than uh, than being uh, Iraqis and so forth? So 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 there's there's um, there's some room for uh, for formal politics. That it actually matter. I would I would argue. Um, so and 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 we also see that in in the in the kind of of, of strategies that that the uh, that the government of uh, Al Abadi who, who comes to power in 2014 uh, the kind of of strategy he uh, he implements. So you could argue that you still have element of Praetorian protection in the sense that uh, this counterterrorism uh, uh, service that the that the US put in place they they are extremely loyal to uh, to to the president and and they are seen as uh, so to the prime minister and and uh, and, and they're seen as as, as his uh, as his force uh, but on the other hand they are not uh, present in in uh, in Baghdad as as a way of protecting the the prime minister they are at the, at the front fighting the the war so uh, so so that's that's an element of it and also you see during the the war that the um, Iraqi army it actually improves a bit so it's not just about co-opted militias that that uh, that are not very efficient they are they are recruited they are trained and and they actually improve uh, at least a bit uh, during uh, during the war with the with the Islamic state um, and if we look at the risk averse alignment there are elements there are absolute elements of it so what what is the main accomplishment of of El Abadi is that he keeps together an extremely volatile uh, alliance. So we have uh, pro-Iranian militias. We have um, more, in in the light of a better word, nationalistic uh, militias, uh, which are uh, loyal to Al Sistani, the religious leader in in Iraq, and um, and and we have uh, Kurdish. Uh, 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 Peshmerga uh, militias. We have uh, U.S. troops. We have Iranian uh, troops. We have U.S. Uh, Air Force. Uh, um, so, so, so it's it's, it's an extremely uh, volatile uh, alliance, and and he, and he managed to uh, to keep it together uh, by making some uh, rather uh, 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 difficult choices and difficult negotiations. So, so he, um, for example. Keeps the the, the pro-Iranian militias uh, back. So when so it was Iraqi army that makes the first attack with the U.S. support, and then uh, the militias come in and occupy uh, city afterwards. So so that that's kind of the the way that he's able to to keep this uh, alliance together. And you also see it in 
in, in, in the way that it uses simulate state building is that as, as, as soon as um, um, the reforms is about the, the position of, of the pro-Iranian uh, militias, um, it, 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 it's extremely difficult for him to, uh, to, to, uh, to pass the law. Also because, as I said, there are also political parties so they veto uh, any legislation, and if if the legislation is passed, then uh, then they are able to uh, undermine it when it's, uh, when they try to to implement it. Um, so so in some cases we see elements of simulated state building, and in other cases uh, they are actually able to uh, to make reforms. That, for example, as I mentioned with with, with the army, um, but one. Uh, one uh, one uh, really uh, in, in interesting uh, example of of the way that uh, that uh, Alabadi uh, uh, tries to uh, try to, to to make uh, legislation uh, to uh, um, to to rein in uh, the pro-Iranian militias and, and how it's undermined is that the U.S. used used put pressure on Alabadi to to make these reforms. For example, uh, setting up the uh, a national guard in 2014. That is. Alabad is not able to do that, uh, but but then we have the popular mobilization front, uh, which is a formal way of of co-opting uh, the militias into into the security forces of of Iraq. But what uh, what the what the, the pro-Iranian uh, militias actually do is that uh, they make sure that they are the ones who control. Um, the bodies, the, the highest bodies of um, the highest authorities of of the of the PMF, so they make sure that they're still able to um, give enough money to uh, to have uh, contacts with Iran, even though it's not uh, it's not allowed, and they uh, they have a lot of uh, autonomy to uh, to act in the, in the ways they prefer. So 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 so. When he tries to uh, to implement uh, reforms that go against the interests of some of the most powerful mil uh, militarized elites, we see the same kind of uh, of simulated state building uh, that uh, that we would expect in 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 lesser formal uh, context. I think that's a useful one to um, think about, especially given, as you said, you focused on the 2014 um, onwards aspect because there is room for a lot of different things to happen at the same time and understand kind of, wait, why did this bit work and not that one? And whose definition of work are we using? And kind of what what decisions are being made by whom? Um, I'd love to turn to your final case study of Algeria. In a lot of ways, I think there are some similarities with Iraq and some very useful contrasts to um, countries that we've discussed so far, especially I think Chad, because Algeria is sort of somewhat notorious for just how formal and fixed the politics are in a lot of ways. Um, and yet there is, that's not 100% of what's happening here. So can you walk us through how your framework of examining formal and informal politics works in Algeria? Yeah, uh, yeah. So you're, you're absolutely right that at, 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 at many levels, it is a much more formalized and and we also see that that the the regime chooses very different strategies from from the ones that I've described in in, in the three other cases so um as you, as you as as you uh, hint to it, it it is um it is formalized in the sense that um since independence um the the, the front Liberation national uh, FLN, um uh, really uh, 
takes power and, and, and will dominate all elements uh, of state and society. So uh, the trade unions, uh, the state-owned uh, businesses, which are very important, the military, it, it, they're really recruited from the same segment of society. They are they see their interests uh, as uh, um, as defined by the project that FLN uh, is, is pursuing. Um, so 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 in that sense, it's highly formalized. Um, uh, who gets what and why? It's it's highly formalized in uh, in uh, Algeria. And also, you see that the 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 insurgent threat they are fighting is is also highly ideologically motivated. It's not about as we saw in in chat with the this, this very very pragmatic politics and expectations of cooperation. This is this is this is real. This is about uh, they, the 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 the. the uh, Islamic insurgents, uh, they want change and they want to create uh, an Islamic state, no doubt about it. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, the whole uh, state apparatus and, and, and all the supporting elements, they want to preserve the state uh, the way it is. So so it's much more uh, formalized. And we see that in, in, in the way that, that the, the state reacts to, uh, to the insurgents. And I should, of course, say this is an extremely bloody civil war with a lot of war crimes taking place on, on both sides of, 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 of the conflict. So, um, so if, if I uh, uh, make it sound like uh, uh, this uh, very efficient approach uh, by the state, it might be a, a little bit misleading, but, but, but because of course this, is very, this was a, a nasty war. Um, but but when you look at the way that they structure the military and, and, and the strategies, it's, it's, it's very efficient in the sense that they are able to, to make a much more efficient uh, counterinsurgency force uh, within a relatively few years. They trust their regular units. Uh, they use their uh, most loyal, most uh, uh, well-trained uh, units, they, they use them very effect, uh, effectively against the uh, insurgents, not for uh, regime uh, protection. Um, so, so, so in that sense, and 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 the military response. Perhaps this is the only uh, case uh, when when you look at these four cases this is the only case where it is actually security apparatus that solve uh, most of uh, most of the security uh, problem here. In all the other cases, it's about getting uh, assistance from from other uh, political negotiation that that ends the conflict. But this is really a military victory. They 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 fight uh, they fight the uh, Islamic insurgents until they are uh, very very uh, they are very few left. Um, and also, you can see that there are elements of risk averse alignment that they, for example, um, uh, align with the with the local uh, self defense units, but 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 you can discuss what what kind of alignment it is because the authority is very much in place so they are controlled by the state they're only allowed to operate in a in a very well defined uh, uh, place and 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 so there's a lot of um, uh, regulation of of how they can act so they are much more. Uh, uh, regulated and and uh, defined by the state rather than being 
uh, 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 ally in a in a normal sense. And uh, and also uh, with the with the with the kind of economic and uh, political reforms that are demanded by by um, um, by foreign powers or or international organizations, you see that this is really the the heyday of of uh, the structural adjustment reforms and then this liberal agenda of of, of economic reforms. So uh, so when the, the uh, IMF they demand uh, macro uh, economic uh, reforms, they they actually implement them, and and it, it really in this case it it, it in fact uh, improves their economy uh, rather dramatically. So, so, so there's this willingness to to actually implement reforms. That said, uh, you also see some elements of uh, of informality. So, for example, um, with the, with the with the demands for reform, uh, you see that uh, what was also part of of the, the demands for 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 economic reforms is 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 a high level of privatization because this. Uh, um, there's a lot of inefficient uh, state-owned uh, businesses, and there you see um, how important clientelism is within the state, within um, within the, the trade unions, within the within the state-owned businesses. So it, it is privatized in that sense. Uh, they uh, actually implement uh, reform, but on the other hand, the the ones who get to own the company. They are extremely loyal uh, to the whole uh, uh, state project of of the SLN, and 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 so 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 it's kept uh, it's kept within uh, 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 the client network, so to speak. Um, and you also see that in a lot of uh, smaller cases where, for example, they uh, liberalize um, uh, foreign trade and and who is allowed to to do foreign trade, but but when you see who get the licenses? It, it is very much uh, the clients of, uh, of of the of the regime. So there's about a, a million members of the of uh, of, of, of the Italian party, and and, um, and 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 they are they they receive a lot of uh, of privileges. So um, there are elements of uh, of informality uh, definitely uh, within uh, within uh, Algeria, which I think also speak to a, to a wider point with. Which I should have perhaps uh, as mentioned earlier is that no state is is is, is either uh, entirely uh, uh, ruled by formal politics or entirely by by informal politics. You always see uh, a mix where, where where there are elements of of informality uh, 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 within within the state. Absolutely, and I think that that's important, especially in cases like Algeria or Chad that kind of look very much one or the other. As we've been going through, we have been doing a bit of comparison between the case studies, but is there anything further you'd like to tell us about comparing the four of them all together? Yeah, um, I, I, I think I think um, I think it, it is important to say that that of course when you do such a broad uh, study with with uh, comparing uh, four rather different uh, cases. It, it it obviously have a it comes at a at a cost in in in, in the kind of details you can uh, you you're able to uh, to 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 put into it. Um, but but I think that um, but I, but I think that there's also some uh, some 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 really interesting uh, 
patterns that, that, that comes to light when you look at very diverse cases. And one of the things that, that I was surprised by, for example, uh, which we haven't really talked about yet, is, is the way that in very different contexts, you see the Western intervening powers, they accept uh, uh, simulate state building. Not uh, officially, of course, but in practice, you see very, very few um, uh, consequences when they uh, register that, that it is uh, probably simulated state building taking, taking place. So by looking at the and existentially threatened regimes, we also we also get an idea about uh, the kind of dynamic that is when we have a, 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 a crisis and, and and Western powers really rely on uh, a local regime to handle uh, to handle a threat. Um, and and I think that that that's that's very interesting, and that is also part of the conversation about uh, political and administrative reforms, which of course is, is perhaps less. Um, uh, we, we speak less of them uh, today than 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 we did a few years ago. But 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 some of some of the ideas are still there. I mean, there's a lot of, for example, military assistance, which also is an idea about improving the efficiency of, of the state institutions and so forth. Uh, but the Western powers are really willing to to put that aside uh, during a time of crisis uh, in order to, simply to uh, to uh, to avoid having to. Uh, uh, either take a political confrontation with the regime, or or perhaps even uh, leaving. So so uh, the interest, the, the political interest of of intervening and and staying, they are so strong that that uh, that they uh, they accept a lot of stimulation in all four cases. Um, and also, I think I think um, I think also what what really stands out is that um, the strength, how how strong. Uh, uh, informal political institutions are uh, the power of um, once it is in place, you really have to play by by these. Uh, you have to play by these rules. I think that 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 is also uh, very very uh, very very important observation ac across the cases because in the in the few pockets of of uh, informal politics uh, within the Algerian case. There's really no way that uh, the decision makers uh, would be able to uh, to go against the interests of of their client, so clients. So really studying not only the the regime level but also their relations with domestic elites and uh, and how these elites uh, are able to to influence the decisions of uh, uh, of the regime. I think that that is extremely interesting and uh, and a very um, and and that that is what one of the advantages of of looking at four rather diverse cases that we see the same kind of uh, importance uh, or, or strength of uh, informal politics. I'm glad you added that in because I do think that it's worth um, bringing into this conversation and seeing how these all go together and speaks as well to um, I think kind of the next thing I'd like to we we've danced around a little bit and I'd like to make it explicit. What are the implications for your findings for Western interventions? Um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the book uh, has become part of, of, of an increased skepticism um, uh, against both uh, uh, Western uh, military interventions and the UN peacebuilding initiatives and so forth. Um, so, so I, I think in that sense, it's 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 part of 
of uh, it's part of, of the way we we look at it at at the moment. Um, but I think but I think there's there's still something that are perhaps more uh, specific uh, to um, to um, to to this uh, to this work. Uh, I think what, one of one of the main points is of course even existentially threatened regimes would have a strong interest in the in the in in the, uh, carrying out reforms. They they are unable to do it. So that that should really be a starting point. If, if they are unable to do it in a time of crisis, well then perhaps. Um, we need to think of uh, political and administrative reforms in, in another way. Either that it's something that 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 should be uh, be implemented at a later point, or perhaps uh, it should be uh, demanded in a way that takes into consideration uh, the power, con the, the the way um, you know, the politics work and 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 the interests of 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 the elite. So. So that that it's much more uh, uh, carefully uh, uh, specified. Um, I think I think that that is also that is also a, a point. Um, and but and another point is that this is um, perhaps also um, a question of of of, of uh, there's, there's also a danger in this uh, conclusion that you might end up saying well perhaps. You should simply just accept status quo. You should just work with um, whatever regime is in power, and you should accept that you're not really able to change anything. So, so what you actually believe is, is some of the the reasons behind uh, an insurgency, a civil war. You don't really address them. So, so there's also a, a danger of complacency in in this uh, in this approach. Um, so, so um, I, I think it it uh, it really raises the question of how can you be realistic about um, the kind of of political environment the regime navigates in? But at the, but on the other hand, don't don't simply accept that that the the things cannot be changed uh, at any point. So so and and I really struggle with the question: what what kind of uh, policy recommendations should I uh, should I make or should I um, should, should I say that perhaps you should use um, use informal politics in in a, in, a, in the sense that um, that you uh, assume that the, uh, the regime navigates by informal politics and 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 you uh, and and you do politics uh, in a, in a personal sense where uh, you. Don't really believe in in a wider uh, wider reform institutional uh, cooperation, but 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 you have a very close personal relation with with a president or prime minister, um, and and you can say that that has somehow been uh, the French approach at least uh, during uh, the Cold War in 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 their uh, uh, former colonies uh, to to have this very uh, close uh, personal relation. Um, and manipulate elite politics. Uh, uh, who do we want to protect, and, and who do we want, and, and where do we want to see a, a shift in, in regime? But not really. It's not really about changing uh, politics, but, but it's about changing the, the, the person. But but in a sense that that is really. Um, but there are so many downsides 
by uh, by choosing this approach. This, this, and it, you, you could you could argue that it's actually the Russian approach in in Africa at the moment that they cooperate with the with the decision makers. They protect them. They provide this Praetorian uh, protection, uh, but they don't really care about wider reforms or addressing uh, uh, grievances and so forth. So so what. what uh, so what I what I would uh, would argue is perhaps that um, we should uh, follow uh, what uh, Jan Pospisil uh, here argues that uh, perhaps we should have formalized political unsettlement, which is uh, which is a way of saying that perhaps we should um, uh, we should work uh, accept that we have this informal politics, but uh, and and keep keep some of the some of the, the elements uh, open and within the uh, political institution and so forth, um, and, and and then seek changes slowly, uh, but 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 constantly putting in uh, pressure for 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 different kind of uh, for, for 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 new ways of of uh, letting uh, other elites uh, express their grievances or uh, have having ways of of navigating. Um, um, uh, navigating these uh, kind of uh, uh, political, um, um, uh, yeah, grievances. Some very uh, interesting ways this could be taken forward. I'm sorry, uh, just come again. Uh, I think these are some really interesting ways this could be kind of taken forward and implications. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us on this piece? I, I think when 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 I recommend that you look very carefully at at the at the at the kind of uh, Informal institutions that are in place and and really uh, uh, limit the, the 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 what 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 the local machine can do. I, th I think if you look at the way that uh, uh, international politics is developing at the moment, I think we might actually see that we move in in a different direction from policy perspective. I think that um, um, if if we have a more uh, intense rivalry among the great powers. I think we will see a lot of the same uh, dynamic as we saw during the, the Cold War, where uh, you accept, um, you, 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 simply, uh, you simply accept what the, what the, you don't really put pressure on, on, on the local regime. So uh, it was democratic communism back then, and now it's more about uh, democracy uh, versus authoritarianism. Um, but but it also means that you accept democracy at face value, and and you accept perhaps that uh, simulated state building will take place. I, I would I would I would expect uh, I would expect that to happen a lot. That we that as long as there are formalized elections, for example, uh, then we we don't really mind if if it's if it's undermined by by various ways, uh, because at 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 um. Uh, at least nominally, it is a democracy, and 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 they are this state is is is, is uh, aligned with the uh, with the U.S. for example. So I think that that is very that is very dangerous, and that really goes against the the, the kind of recommendations I would make. But uh, but I'm afraid that at the moment we're we're moving in in a, in a different direction where we have we will tend to uh, to reduce. Um, our, to 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 really simplify our understanding of of uh, of local political dynamics because they are they are seen as part of 
of a wider power play uh, at, at an international level. I think that will be interesting to see, as you said, what direction this goes in, in terms of the content. Um, but on a sort of similar point for my final question, I'm wondering what direction you might be going in um, now that this book is obviously out there, people can read it. Is there anything you're currently working on or looking to work on in the future that you'd like to preview for the audience? Yeah, I, I mean, this might not be a surprise, uh, but but I'm 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 looking into uh, to proxy wars, which has really uh, become a, a literature again. Um, so um, and 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 I try to see it from from the the perspective of of elite politics, because as I mentioned, there's a lot of of hedging, a lot of uh, constantly seeking to avoid risk. So what what if we are in a situation where uh, great powers uh, actively try to manipulate uh, local regimes, and and but but if you see that from from a regime perspective, how can they how can they uh, um, take advantages or navigate uh, a situation of of uh, of great power rivalry? So I think that that kind of contribution to proxy war seen from uh, from below, so to speak, uh, that that could be really interesting because because it it kind of changes um, it kind of changes the uh, uh, the opportunities for, for 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 local regimes when during the war on terror um, they really had to to uh, to navigate uh, a Western pressure because the the West were present in so many places where there were very few other options. But but if we come in a situation where there are at least one or perhaps uh, more options, well, how how do you navigate that, and 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 what what kind of right what kind of regime behavior will we see there? I, I'm I'm very interested in that in that question. I don't have any final answers at the moment, but 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 I'm working on on the uh, on an article on that, and then also um I'm um. I'm also very interested in, in, in the relationship between war and institutions. We talked a lot about um, a, a lot about institution and, and the power of, uh, of institutions, but but I'm I'm really interested in, in trying to understand how war shape or uh, influence uh, institutions. So uh, what's really uh, when when you have organized violence, it's it's, it's about breaking down uh, the, the institution uh, of, of, of the enemy and imposing new ones, right? Um, and, and that really means that a lot of uh, uh, groups and political collectives, they are really uh, then, then a position of extreme uncertainty, extreme fear. So how do they navigate uh, this kind of uh, this kind of situation and, 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 and this whole uh, uh, volatility uh, that comes uh, that comes with this uh, uncertainty. I think that that's an extremely interesting uh, question. Um, so, but that that's a that's a more uh, broad, uh, perhaps theoretical um, uh, project that I'm that I'm working on. But I think but I think it's it's a very interesting element the the relationship between institutions and violence. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, thank you for previewing those for us. They are quite interesting. Um, but while you go off and work on them, of course, listeners can read the book we've been discussing titled Western Intervention and Informal Politics, Simulated State Building and Failed Reforms. Trolls, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. You're welcome, Miranda. <laughs>